Good morning, everyone. This is Rob McDougall from Zang Financial with your weekly economic update. Today is March 6, 2023. Last week, we had three economic releases that would have been significant, but in total really did not move the market between the three of them, but let's go through each. On Tuesday, we had the consumer confidence number, which is the government's or the conference board's measure of consumer confidence. Two weeks ago, we got the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Report. That was solid. It was in line. Uh, The consumer confidence uh, number that came out last week, though, was weak. So the expectation was a reading of 108.4. It actually came in at 102.9. So negative number, sure. But again, a big focus for us now with any economic data that comes out is what is the impact on inflation and inflation expectations. So actually, a disappointing number here is probably a good thing for the markets. Uh, The next day, Wednesday, we had the February ISM manufacturing number. Manufacturing is definitely in a slump, no question about that. Uh, We always use this metric uh, to reflect manufacturing activity, the ISM manufacturing index. It's scaled at 50, where 50 is neutral. Above 50 is expansion, below 50 is contraction. So now we've had four consecutive months below 50, and the reading for February was less than expected. Uh, The consensus was 47.8. It came in at 47.3. So manufacturing definitely slowing and contracting the last four months. So the last economic indicator we saw last week of consequence, the February ISM Services Index, That was very solid. That came in at 55.1. Expectations were 54.5. So that's great. And particularly since three months ago, the December reading was unexpectedly well below 50. It looks like an aberration when you look at the chart. So it's good to have two solid months backing up what I believe was an aberration. So in total, uh, the economic data that came out last week did not sway Uh, The Federal Reserve of Atlanta, they did not change their expectations for their first quarter GDP estimate. So first quarter GDP estimate uh, remains the same as it was the week before. Atlanta Fed expects it to be 2.7% in the first quarter, was very strong. Prior quarter, fourth quarter of last year, roughly the same in the quarter before that. Third quarter last year was 3.2%. So looks like another strong quarter of GDP here in the U.S. And uh, the real issue then is what does that mean for inflation slash the Federal Reserve? And we'll have to note that last week inflation expectations rose in more than we might have expected. Uh, So we always look at the 10-year break-even, 10-year treasuries minus 10-year tips to give us a sense of embedded inflation expectations. That rose 14 basis points last week. That's kind of high. But still, the number or the expectation for the next 10 years is inflation to average 2.52%, which I think we will all take at this point. So what did that do to expectations of Fed rate increases? Didn't move it a, a ton, actually. So the next Fed meeting, February or March 23rd, um, the expectation is uh, had been very much that they would raise 25 basis points. So we're currently at a range of 45 to 4.75. So just a month ago, over a 90% probability they would add 25 basis points. Now that's shifting to likelihood of 50 basis point increase, 
that's risen now to 28%. And actually, given all the economic data that I just shared with you and the expectations coming up, I would kind of think we'd see a 50 basis point increase. So I'll stick my neck out there. We'll see what happens. Uh, in terms of the expectations of the terminal rate or the rate at um, the, the range of rates that the Federal Reserve discontinues their tightening, that has continued to go up. So again, the current range is 4.5 to 4.75. The end of the year probability for a rate increase of 75 basis points from where we're at right now, that's to 525 to 550, that was only 5% a month ago. And now it is 37%. So it's clear with the economic activity that we've seen that is stronger than expected. First quarter GDP expected by the Fed to come in at 2.7%. Expectations continue to rise that the Fed will raise more aggressively than we had thought only a month ago. So what did all of this do last week to index returns? Well, actually, since we had no real negative, um, hugely negative economic news, we had a pretty decent uh, week in the markets. So last week in the U.S. equity markets, S&P 500 up nearly 2%. It was up one96 Below that, we always take a look at the growth versus value split. Growth was up very strong last week, nearly 3%. Value was up 1.2%. And small cap, which has led large cap this year by quite a margin, small cap was up a little more than large cap. is up 204 basis points, large cap 198. Uh, we always look at international. International has been tracking the U.S. pretty closely on a year-to-date basis. Definitely did that last week. Again, S&P 500 up 1.96%. The MSCI All World XUS was up 1.75%. So in terms of bond yields last week, uh, we had increase an eight basis point increase in the two-year, a four, increase, four basis point increase in the 10-year. So what did that do for bonds? Bonds were roughly flat last week. The Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index, what we quote most often, was actually up 12 basis points. So let's switch gears, take a look at the economic data coming out this week. Again, there are three economic indicators we think uh, might be important for the markets. The first one coming up uh, is on Wednesday. It's the ADP, February Employment Change Number. Now, we don't usually talk about this number. It is a small survey, so it's um, not as comprehensive as the U.S., the Bureau of Labor Statistics number. Uh, and so it tend to, tends to bounce around, but sometimes is a good precursor for what we're going to see later in the week from the BLS. Uh, so the ADP expectation for the month of February is an increase of one, up to 195,000 new jobs. Last month, the month of January, that was only 106. Now, I really use this chart or pointed out this particular metric only to underscore the fact that the BLS numbers that we saw last month for the month of January were stunningly high. We came in at 517,000 new jobs. Uh, the consensus was closer to 200. So um, the ADP number said we only had a fraction of those new jobs, and uh, most people are kind of scratching their heads how we came up with 517,000 new jobs. The expectation uh, for the February number, for the BLS number, is after that 517,000 in January, consensus is 205,000 to be added 
in the month of February. And I did take a look uh, trying to figure out where those 517,000 jobs came from. The month of January, the one metric I looked at simply was a change in part-time jobs. So the change in part-time jobs in January were positive 606,000. So uh, full-time employment actually shrank about 100,000 last month, and part-time jobs represented an increase of 606,000. So that's really important because those jobs, obviously, they're lower paying, and although it's not great for the economy long-term, in terms of inflation, that is good because it does not increase wage pressure like new full-time jobs would. So on that note, Friday, the last metric that we're looking at for next week that might have uh, some impact on the markets, U.S. hourly earnings, that comes out on Friday, and the expectation is a 0.3% increase month over month, the same as we had the prior month, the month of January. So that's it for the economic data from last week, this week, and the markets last week. Thank you very much for attending. Look forward to seeing you next week.